Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, something different. Dr. Husband reads a modern comic inspired by the Silver Age. First up, Darwin Cook's critically acclaimed masterpiece, DC The New Frontier, issues one and two. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go! In the 1950s, Cold War paranoia outlawed the mystery men of the Golden Age. Stalwarts, including Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, continued to fight for truth and justice. But as the world hurtled toward an uncertain future, it would take a new breed of hero to define the American way. Confused? Don't worry. If you know it, you'll love it. If you don't, we'll explain everything. Stay tuned. Yeah. 
Hi. Hey. Uh, it's Dr. Bob here. And Dr. Husband. And we're doing something different this week. I hope you don't mind. I thought it would be fun to introduce Dr. Husband, whom, as you remember, did not grow up reading comics mm-hmm. or spend, in fact, his entire 20s, 30s, and 40s reading comics, mm-hmm. like others. Um, introduce him to some monumental works of recent times that are inspired by the Silver Age. Oh. Which is our usual era of right. expertise. Right. So uh, we're starting with Darwin Cook's uh, New Frontier, which published in ni- or, uh, two, 2004. 2004. Uh, multiple award-winning series. Darwin Cook, I'm afraid to tell you, Dr. Husband, is deceased. Oh. Um, yes, he died too young. Is uh, he the artist or the writer? Or? Both. Oh, okay. So the answer to your question is yes. Okay. Um, Lots of other great work for DC. He did some work with Catwoman. Mm-hmm. He uh, did some work on Batman. He did uh, a series of books for, I believe, Image Comics about Richard Parker. And uh, just generally all around uh, well-respected, fantastic artist and great. writer. Yeah. Uh, so what's your first impression? Love it. Oh. Absolutely love it. What do you like best? Oh my gosh, uh, probably the artwork. Okay. Yeah. I, at first, I didn't. I wasn't sure that I was going to like the artwork because of its sort of flatness, you know. Uh huh. Um, but then I was drawn in, and absolutely drawn into that world, and loved it. Excellent. Yeah. So the conceit of the story is that the superheroes, as they existed in the late 1940s, early 1950s. Mm-hmm. We're interacting with real-world events mm-hmm. in a way that they never actually did in their publishing history. Okay. But nonetheless, everything is taking place, character-wise, at the time in publishing history when it actually took place. So you have the Golden Age heroes of the 1940s have already disappeared, mm-hmm. with the exception of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, which is just like it was in the real world, that they continued publication, those heroes, mm-hmm. along with Green Arrow and Aquaman, past the point where the superhero genre had kind of gone away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so shall we dig in? Yeah, let's. It's 1945. We read on the splash page. And the war is over, unless you're a loser. Mm. With the Nazis defeated, the Allied forces wasted no time in locating and appropriating the leading scientific minds of Hitler's Germany. One such scientist was so important to America's post-war plans, he was secretly transported through the Pacific Theater to avoid detection. When the plane carrying the scientist and a squad of OSS commandos go missing over the Pacific, a rescue operation is quickly formed. After two years of distinguished combat in every theater of the war, four remarkable men are called up to bring back the scientist or die trying. They are the losers a unique group of servicemen attached to the OSS. Did you recall who the losers were? Uh, I did not. We've at first. seen... Oh, okay, at first. Once we got to their names, I knew who they were. Excellent. They were the guys who were on the, in the PT boats, right? Well, Captain Storm was on the Captain PT Storm. boat. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Cloud and Navajoes, we've read about. Okay. And then Gunner and Sarge guest starred in the last issue of Captain Storm that we read. Okay. Now, when we're reading about Captain Storm, he has not yet become part of the Losers. Okay. All right. I recognize Captain Storm and one other person. Okay. Yeah. I'm proud of Johnny. You. No. Johnny Cloud. Johnny Cloud. Yep. Yep. Uh, 
So we are in the Pacific in 1945. An island emerges out of the mist. Mm -hmm. We see that there is a cave on an island Mm -hmm. surrounded by barbed wire. Man inside the cave tending to a fire, sharpening a stick with which he's going to write on the cave wall the story of the losers. There's a dog there, too. That's Pooch. Remember Pooch? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Captain Storm, Gunner, Johnny Cloud, and Sarge are the losers. They would become the losers uh, later in the 1960s when each of them individually lost their solo publication feature. Oh. So they were grouped together to keep the copyright active, I guess, okay. of each of the names. But, of course, their adventures are taking place in World War II. So, so why were they called the losers? Um, I guess because, well, for publication reasons, because they'd all lost their solo features. Because <laughs> they were literally losers. Uh, I don't know. the. I can't remember their origin story. I think because they had all been, like, drummed out of the service or... Oh outlived their usefulness or something and they were put together or they were expendable. You know how more stories go. Um, so we discovered that this is in fact, Johnny cloud, the Navajo ace Mm -hmm. sole survivor of the losers who's recounting their mission to land on this Island to rescue the German scientist along with the special OSS division. Now, you probably wouldn't know anything about the island that they're landing on. Uh, not the island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> no, but you're very close. I mean, I figured it was something like some sort of land that time forgot kind of island. Exactly. Oh. So, in the 1950s, okay, uh, there was a series of stories throughout DC's war comics okay. featuring this land that time forgot, otherwise known as Dinosaur Island. Okay. So different war characters would find themselves landing on Dinosaur Island and have an adventure with dinosaurs. Sure. Oh, my gosh. Well, nothing sells a comic book like a dinosaur on the cover. Well, I mean, it's probably still true. The other day I watched on, um, I don't know, it was Facebook or something, a a sprinting race with people dressed up in those inflatable T-Rex costumes. And I watched the whole thing. I thought it was the funniest thing. And then did you see the one with the on New, in New York City and they were walking down the street and like humping each other? Uh uh-uh. uh That was funny. What? Not, I, by funny, I mean not funny. I didn't watch any of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the boat crash lands. You don't call it a crash land when it's a boat, do you? Runs well, it's, it's, I, I, so what happens with the boat? It, it appears that it gets washed and pulled. Well, like like there's a tidal wave and then it's pulled onto the beach. I'm assuming it was some kind of giant prehistoric monster that caused that giant tidal wave, which pushed it onto the shore. And then uh, I think it's flying through the air and that they are. It is flying through the air and they're holding on. Yeah. But what I didn't get was that they, well, there aren't page numbers here, but the one where the center panel says criminy and and, and hang on. I didn't realize that they. I thought they were being pushed back away from the beach, and then I thought, well, and then when I turned the next page, I went, well, how did they get? How did they change direction? I thought something was pulling them into the beach, but oh, I yeah. get it now. Okay, yeah. Uh, anyway, they're beached. Yes, they go off to. Uh, well, they have to salvage all their gear, and they have to explore the island, Pooch. Who, as you recall, 
can detect enemy forces yes. hiding in the woods. Yeah. Starts growling because there's a giant dinosaur coming right for them. So cool. These are great panels. Aren't they fantastic? Yeah. God. This is when so when I started this this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went to the first page, chapter one, analog heroes, you know? Yeah. And I went to the first couple, the first, ne- of the very next page, I, uh, looking at the, him with the with the stick in the fire and stuff like that, I thought, oh, God, I am not going to like this. Yeah, because you don't like cartoony, do you? I don't. But and I was, by this page right there with the dinosaur, I was like, okay, I'm in. Yep. Totally. I find the artwork is very much inspired by mid-century advertising illustration. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so the dinosaur is attacking. They shoot at it. Yeah, and that doesn't kill it. I mean, dinosaurs aren't indestructible. They are on Dinosaur Island. <sighs> okay. <laughs> fighting, 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 explosion, explosion, explosion. Gunner is killed. Oh, I was so sad when Gunner was killed. He's just a little kid, isn't I, he? Yeah. Um, Sarge going on in two years. Yeah. Uh, Sarge and Johnny Cloud launch grenades at, at the, the dinosaur. At the dinosaur, which seems to take off its arm or something, or blow it, blow its arm off. Well, or leave a gaping wound in its back. Hmm. Anyway, well, we, he said he said no. That TNT didn't stop the Leviathan, but it had cost it an arm. Okay, I see. Yeah, I was just looking at the pictures. Uh, Gunner was twenty three years old. We read. Yeah. In both years and spirit, he had been our younger brother. God, she just loved this artwork. Yeah. Uh. So uh, they set up their beachhead up in a cave. Yeah. Uh, they find this cave, right? And it's already surrounded by barbed wire and it's already fortified with armaments and right. supplies. So obviously they're not the first ones here. Well, they know because that's why they came to the island to rescue. Oh, well, I mean, uh, what you can deduce from that, it wasn't like it wasn't they didn't have a crash landing and no, there were no survivors. Right, right, right. People survived. Right. They set up a fortress here. So they set up a fortress and they begin a perimeter search in the morning. After they bury After Gunner. they bury Gunner. So they wake up the next morning, and they're standing in the mouth of the cave, and they're looking out at dawn, and they are awakened by the distant sound of rocket fire. Um, but then they stop at the mouth of the cave and look up into the air. And what do they see? Pterodactyls. Pterodactyls. And you notice- these pterodactyls have tails, like dragons. Didn't pterodactyls no. have tails? No, pterodactyls have little... They're... they're <sighs> Like, like, uh, like birds. It is sort of. How about pterosaurs? I have no idea. Um, and did you notice in the mist the brontosauruses? Not until you said, "Did you notice?" Oh, that's mm-hmm. great. I did not see that. Um, Do you know they, what brontosaurus means? A thunder lizard. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and do you know brontosaurus is actually not a thing? It was like when they named it Brontosaurus, it was actually two different species. No. That they had put together. Yeah. There's no such thing as a Brontosaurus? No. No. Yeah. I think. No, I'll can't. check my sources, You'd but I heard that sources. once on. Uh, I think I heard it on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> um, Where you get all of your information. Yeah. So they hear rocket fire in the distance. Yeah. Bazooka fire. Um, 
they discover that Sarge has gone off by himself. Yeah. To uh, go after kill the, the dinosaur the, that killed Gunner. That's uh, fine. I mean, oh, by the way, it's a T Rex. Yeah, yeah, that they're chasing after. Uh, so it's lost one of its two useless arms. Right. So might as well take out the other arm. I mean, I guess it does tear meat once it kind of gets around to it. Mm-hmm. I, guess. I don't know. Uh, they are being chased by the pterodactylosaurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain Storm makes a dive away from a pterodactyl and snaps his wooden leg in two. Oh, when he snapped that leg at first, I was like, <gasps> "Did and you think I, it was his real leg?" I did, and then I looked at the at the the brace, uh, not the brace, the, the, the um, what's that called? The bra- not bracket. Oh my goodness, yeah, the hinge, the or hinge the, that mm-hmm. we sort of yeah. And I went, "Oh, okay, I, that's right, that's right." I remember that one uh, issue we we read where he planted his peg leg <laughs> in <laughs> into the deck, yes, into the to deck. plug up the whole yeah, deck. Yeah. Uh, so he uh, Cam Storm can't move now, Johnny. Cloud hoists up Captain Storm over his shoulder and well, runs sure, off. he's you know he just, he's is his size minus a leg. Yeah, this is cool that uh, so Johnny Cloud has Captain Storm hoisted over his shoulder and, and Captain Storm, Storm is shooting at the pterodactyl from behind. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, um, it's kind of like Chewbacca and C three PO. Yeah, in that one movie, uh-huh. what was that movie Star Trek for? Star Wars. Right, right, right. Two Empire Strikes mm-hmm. Back, yeah. Well, oh, episode five. who knows, whatever it was. Um, Someone's screaming at their iPod right now, or they're 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 in their headphones. More than one person, I I'm should sure. imagine. Uh, Captain Storm, they fall, they trip. Captain Storm is picked up by the pterodactyl and flown off. Oh, that made me so sad. I was sad. I was sadder than I was when poor Gunner died because I mean Captain Storm. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Cloud goes back to the cave, thinking he's the last survivor. It, Pooch is in the cave, so Pooch is alive. Oh, good old Pooch. And there's a man sitting in the darkness who he assumes is Speaking Sarge. Pooch. Hi, Butler. Hi, sweetheart. You haven't had your dinner yet, have you? No, and no. he's just going to have to wait until You're we're done with sure. our well, I business. I plenty of treats when I came home. Um, there's a man sitting in the shadows. Whom he assumes is Sarge, mm-hmm. but it ain't Sarge. It ain't Sarge. Nope. Sarge is dead. The man in the cave is Rick Flagg, leader of the Suicide Squad. <gasps> That's who that is? Yeah, oh. did you know who that is? Um, well, I know the Suicide Squad. I'm sorry, I don't think we've read any Suicide Squad, have we? We have not. Now, you know the Suicide Squad movie, probably, that has the supervillains in it. Is that what you're thinking of? Uh, I, I think so. Sorry. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Uh, the original Suicide Squad was three, maybe four people, but they mm-hmm. were like, you know, soldiers, spies. Yeah. They worked for the government. Um, they were published early in the 1960s in the Brave and Bold comics before Batman took it over. Okay. Uh, so Rick Flagg was their leader. Okay. At that time. So he was in the Suicide Squad. He was in the Suicide Squad. But he was with this group of... With the scientists, yeah. With the yeah. scientists, yeah. Um, that works for the OS, OOS or OSS? OSS. What's OSS? Oregon Office, Office of Spy something. Oh, you don't know, really. I know it has to do with, like... It's the precursor to the CIA. Okay, all right. So uh, I think it is Office, Office of, of Spy something okay. is the official call-out okay. of the acronym. Okay. 
That's not it. I, do you believe me? No, I, I, it's just a precursor to the CIA, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. I think. Someone will correct me. Uh, so Rick Flagg has all the dog tags of his squad. Oh, it's so sad. They go out together. They're going to try to escape from the island. You just said escape. Um, so Johnny Storm is not Johnny Storm. That's the Human Torch. You've got to correct me when I say things like that. Johnny Cloud. Oh, oh, oh Johnny Cloud. Okay. Johnny Storm, Johnny Cloud. <laughs> okay. He's determined to complete the mission. Yeah. He's not going to losers. leave the island. He's he tells him, he tells him, here's a compass, head due south. There's where you'll find the, 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 um, Boat. Oh, the boat. No, yeah. the albatross is, is the, 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 is the pl- aircraft. Yeah, the plane. Yeah. Uh, he forces Rick Flag off the island at gunpoint mm-hmm. and heads back into the jungle with Pooch. He. Oh, I could have just say how sad it makes me that Pooch is. I know. With but him. Pooch is part of the losers. I know. Uh, he built a spirit sweat lodge mm-hmm. for his vision quest. Mm-hmm. He saw his brother's. On the other side of the veil. Yeah, they stood clear and bright, and their hands were fresh and clean of all the horrors they had wrought. It was great writing. Yeah. The following morning, they spot the beast. They run after him. Uh, unfortunately, they encounter a tripwire, which had been set as a booby trap. Oh, and Pooch dies. Uh, which he recalls Rick Flag telling him that he had been setting booby traps along the mountain. Yeah. Uh, Pooch dies, and Pooch. Johnny look Cloud him. is... Look at him in that pool of blood. Oh. I know. Johnny Cloud is fatally wounded, but he's got one chance yeah. to drag himself to the side of the mountain. Covered in blood. He takes the grenades he has left, pulls the pins. Did you also notice that he sees his Oh, yes, yes, in yes. Clouds. In the sky above me is a miracle. He sees... The mounted warrior of the clouds. That's his gimmick. That's why he's called Johnny Cloud, because he sees his warrior spirit in the cloud. All the time? Yeah. Oh. It actually happened in the story we read, but that was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, he pulls the pins on his grenades, does a swan dive into the mouth of, of the, the Tyrannosaur. Dinosaur. And that's that. That's the end of the story. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Except that someone... <laughs> Well, I, I, you know, why is it that there are four rifles with four um, covers on there, heads covers on there? Well, that's a... Uh, he must have planted one. He probably did that himself. before he went back, right. Yeah. Hey, buddy, oh, this guy just wants attention. He's like, well, Ooh. he doesn't need any attention. We're doing something right now. Part two. Edwards Air Force Base, spring 1948. Spring 1948. So uh, we're in a bar. Mm-hmm. There's uh, some pilot. Do you, know, do you love these guys riding by, out away from the bar in their jeep, and you just get to hear an over, just you get to hear a little bit of their conversation? So she's tearing around the room, and Larry's screaming, "Hit the silk! Hit the silk!" I'm not sure what that means. It's just you. You're just coming toward. You happen to be walking toward the bar. No, I over- mean, lo- no, literally, hit the silk. Oh, I don't either. I don't either. But I think it's just an interesting. Um, panel yeah. great choice for the writer i guess we could find out what hit the silk means if our internet worked thanks in xfinity it just stopped yesterday uh 
So they're in the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, lady bartender, that's a nice touch. Mm-hmm. There's a little kid sneaking into the bar. Mm-hmm. Name a Hal Jordan. Ring any bells? Yeah, of course. Uh, Hal Jordan, of course, is going to be Green Lantern when he grows My up. My favorite superhero. Um, he came in to meet Mr. Chuck Yeager. Who's a real life pilot, as you know. Mm-hmm. Do you know my dad went to high school with Chuck Yeager? In West Virginia. Dunbar, West Virginia. Yes, sir. You don't say. I do say. Wow. He might have been not in school at the same time, but it was the same high school. Chuck Yeager grew up in Dunbar. Wow. Yeah. Uh so Chuck Yeager walks in, admires young Hal Jordan's jacket. Mm-hmm. Turns out it belonged to his father, mm-hmm. Mr. Jordan. Who Chuck Yeager flew with. Martin Jordan. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, so Hal Jordan tells Mr. Yeager that he wants to be a pilot, and he brought his model plane of Chuck Yeager's plane mm-hmm. uh, for Mr. Yeager to sign. And that's when we actually learn that it's Hal Jordan. Yeah, and I guess it's made out of wood because he said to him, did you carve this yourself? Carve right. this, not build it. Yes, sir. I did from the photos in Life magazine. Hmm. Remember Life magazine? I do. I used to love it. So I used to love magazines. Yeah, they don't have magazines anymore. No, except Vanity Fair, which I get on my Kindle. Junebug destroyed your last issue of Vanity Fair. I know. You know why? Because they won't let you just get an electronic subscription. You have to get the print to get access to the electronic. That's okay. It's not. It's a waste of paper. It's a bunch of paper for my dog to destroy. <laughs> you could put it up out of a reach. Uh, I could, but I'm so lazy. Gotham <sighs> City, 1952. Halt! <laughs> uh, halt! There's a, a costumed figure racing through the night. Mm-hmm. Crazy bastard, he's called by the police. And uh, he tries to jump over a roof, and he doesn't make it. He dies. He dies. Uh, you wouldn't know this. It's Our Man. I don't know who Our Man is. He was a 1940s hero. He could take a pill, uh-huh. which gave him superpowers for one hour. Oh. That's why they called him a drug addict. For yeah. full drugs. Yeah. Um, then we have a little text piece about Washington declaring war on the Mystery Men. I bet this, is, this was your least favorite part of the comic. Um. It's not my very favorite, no, but it does harken back to a story that was published by DC Comics in the 70s. They took a look at why the Golden Age heroes disappeared. Okay. And it turns out that in our world, the McCarthy communist hearings Mm -hmm. uh, also included the superheroes. So they were trying to force the superheroes to unmask and reveal their identities, and they refused and so, because, they, so, that they, so that they could control them and have yeah. them work for the government? Sure. Yeah, because they were seen as vigilante justice, uh, because they performed vigilante justice. Right. And they didn't like that. So there's a story where they're actually the, the Justice Society is in a hearing. By the way, Jake, that's not my mouth noises. Captain Butler's going to town on his privates right now. You know, you could kick him and get him to stop doing that or something. Cut it out, Butler. Uh, stop. The Justice Society of America was called before the House on American Activities. Okay. 
commission in this story that I'm referencing, okay. and they decided to quit rather than to unmask themselves. Yeah, so where did they go? They just went into their civilian lives. Hmm. Um, so that's the in-story explanation for why everyone disappeared except for Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, Who worked for the government. Superman and Wonder well, Batman Woman Batman did, did not. Yeah. Batman just remained a vigilante. We haven't found that out yet, though. No. Um, so we have all these text pieces. We see that Superman and Batman had a big battle trying to get Batman to retire and come under government control. And there was a big chemical bomb explosion. Right. Mm, I wonder what that was. I don't know. I guess we'll never find out. Uh, then you have a little bit uh, about Task Force X, which was the aforementioned Suicide Squad. Okay. Who, and this is referencing comics history because after the superheroes disappeared, you had lots of these types of adventure war hero strips that were taking over from the superhero strips. Huh. So you see how it all fits together. Is there a rocketeer on there? Uh, in this, did you see to the, just to her left? He's wearing um, a rocket backpack? Well, uh, he's not the rocketeer. He may be a rocketeer, mm-hmm. but that's a different company. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't recall the Suicide Squad having rocket packs, but I wouldn't put it past them. Sure. So then we get to our next issue which is chapter three heavy traffic in mig alley yeah. we learn a little bit more about how jordan and how he fights right which is not he, he doesn't fight doesn't want to kill anybody that's really weird to be a pilot in in for the war and not want to fight for the united states right well this picture I mean, I don't of, want to kill you know picture of ace and how and so well i guess he was in korea i was going to say maybe this is happening after korea but of course that's the crux of the whole story is that he Crash lands in Korea. Right. Um, Ace Morgan, do you remember who Ace Morgan is? I did not. Sorry. You have seen him before in The Challengers of the Unknown. Good Lord. I'm sorry to disappoint you with not remembering exactly where I saw these people. Well, it's fine. That's why we've been we're at this for over a year. Sure. Um, so Hal is flying over Korea mm-hmm. with his buddy, Ace Morgan, okay. who he calls Poppy. Yeah. Or Pappy. Is it Pappy or Poppy? It's Pappy. 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 So Hal has to uh, eject from his plane. Oh, okay. Um, You're zooming through these. Unable to activate his parachute. Do you love this? Because I do. The crash Oh, my gosh. Those are fantastic. Um, Ejects. He ejects. 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 Falls to the ground. He starts to fall, and Ace looks at him, and uh, Ace is also flying up there and sees that Hal is, is, has not opened his chute. So he does a quick loop and um, ejects himself from his plane so that he can catch up to Hal falling to the ground. Right. So that he can pull Hal's parachute. But, of course, he misses as, as he flies by Hal. So then he... Like strips off his uh, out of his seat and dives, yeah, uh, creating uh, less air resistance than Hal does falling, and manages to pull his ripcord as he goes by and opens Hal's chute, right? Which is just so pretty badass, amazingly badass, and so well drawn. Um, 
We see that also in South Korea, intrepid reporter Lois Lane. Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know who they are. What do you mean who they are? You know who Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen are. Well, yeah. I just, I mean, I know they're DC characters and yeah. stuff. I just, I was surprised to see them here in Korea. Well, as you might imagine, since Superman continued publication through the 1950s, so did his supporting cast. Of course, yeah. So now we're in South Korea. Yeah. Or California. Right. I mean, this looks like South Korea. The no. South Korea that we know. The one <laughs> from TV. Yeah. Um, so a copter lands to pick up Lois and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, by the way, this the Korean War is... Uh, is over just over just by like two hours right right um in in this story so they are going to join the uh column of soldiers i guess lois gonna get a story that are that are you know retreating or 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 relocating because the war was just the armistice was just declared and they're ready to go and so what happened is they get into the copter together. Um, a helicopter comes to take them instead of having to, you know, walk with the right. soldiers. Because um, she's a girl. And the there's a call over the radio. So Hal Jordan, the next page we go to, Hal Jordan gains consciousness, gains control of his parachute, and finds himself landing in a trench and immediately changes direction. And, and because there is a... Well, I mean, like he's landing in a trench and he's about to land right in front of an armed soldier who's having a smoke break. So he A North Korean soldier. Yes, a North Korean soldier. So he quickly silently shoots in and ambushes the guy and knocks him out. Um which is a great thing to do, but in the helicopter, Lois and Jimmy um are in the helicopter, they receive the helicopter pilot receives a call that there are two pilots down. Right. And they and this guy needs to respond. Right, right, right. Yeah. So off they go. Uh, Hal knocks out the enemy soldier, lights a flare, and discovers that he has uh, alerted the attention of the other North Korean soldiers who also do not know that the war is over. Right. So the enemy soldier in the trench with them regains consciousness, comes at him with a knife. And Hal is just saying, this is, this is insane. The war is over. This soldier doesn't know the war is over. He's trying to kill me. How do I tell him in Korean? How do I say it's over? How do right, I right, say right. it? You know? And he can't remember how to say it. Meanwhile, the helicopter with Lowe's and Jimmy is noticed the flare, realize that the enemy soldiers don't know that the war is over. Mm-hmm. So this helicopter pilot takes a nosedive down to these soldiers to distract them. Swipes by and launches a grenade. So, uh, determined to rescue Hal, who mm-hmm. they see is locked in a struggle with the North Korean soldier. Hal manages somehow to get his gun in between himself and the enemy soldier's knife. Mm-hmm. And has no choice but to fire. And he kills the guy. Kills the guy. Point blank. Right in his face. Jimmy jumps out of the copter, goes and rescues Hal, pulls him into the copter. The enemy soldiers start firing at the copter just as it's taking taking off. off. And that's when Hal remembers how to say it's over. Right, because Lois says to him, well, what say, uh, 
What say you tell my readers how it feels to cheat certain death? And he answers to her in Korean. Translation. It's over. Make war no more. Yeah. Which is... Wow. I just felt so so badly for him. Well... But it's so interesting because in the next chapter, we revisit that moment. Let's see. Yeah? Issue two. I don't know if we've ever done two issues... Since our very earliest days. I don't think so. Uh, book two. So it's just so... Okay, I didn't talk to you about these comics. You right. just said, we're going to read these, prepare these right. for our podcast. And I yep. read them and I was going, what is this? What am I reading? I didn't know. Like if I, I wish I had said to you, hey, what am I reading? And you would have said, this is an author's reimagining of these Golden Age characters. Uh, done in 2004, their origin stories or whatever, I would have gone, oh, okay. I mean, I kind of understood that, but with every new story, I said, oh, Martian Manhunter. Oh, cool. I was a little bit confused with The Flash because there there was like a Wally in there. And I was like, is that Wally West? I, I don't know who these people are, which we'll get to uh, in a minute. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I was a little confused with the Flash story. But, okay. Um, but otherwise, um, I, I, I knew all the characters. And was just I just, this panel in here chapter four gods and monsters yeah this observation panel yeah uh, excuse me observatory panel right is just fantastic yeah i never thought i would like this artwork you know me and my criticism you know i like a lot of things but i just am so impressed with the inking and the coloring and the the scale the angles everything is fantastic I'm so surprised to hear you say that you would have liked to have advanced knowledge of what we're reading because you love surprises. Well, I just had a hard time making sense of why all these characters are being introduced like this. Like, you, we'll get to that Superman and Wonder Woman thing here in a minute. Yeah. And, and um, I was like, what? Where? Where? When are we? Where? What's going on? You know? Right. Okay. Uh, so we might want to review Martian Manhunter's origin story. So he is from Mars. Yes. And there are green Martians and white Martians. Yes. And the white Martians enslaved the green Martians? Well, or, uh, yes, and or at least made war made upon war. them. Yeah. And I, did, I didn't know his origins. Like, I didn't know how he came to Earth. Well, the basic... I, th- I thought he was the last of his race. Yes. That was, that was a, a more recent invention. The oh. original origin was that he was teleported... To Earth by Dr. Erdl, who's the scientist we see here dying. Oh. Um, at the shock of teleporting a Martian to Earth, killed Dr. Erdl. He died of a heart attack. That really happens in the in the, or, in the yeah. real origin story? Mm-hmm. So then Martian Manhunter had no way to get back to Mars. Yeah. Now, then, later on, when everyone realized that Martian Munter, Manhunter could just fly back to Mars with his superpowers... Uh, it was revealed that he had actually also been transported through time. So he was the last of his race and his entire race of civilization on Mars was also dead. Was he transported forward in time or back in time? Forward, forward. Oh, wow. So from the Mars's past into okay. the Earth's present. Um, I'm not quite sure how he's playing it here, but we see that Martian Mandutter is left alone with the corpse of Dr. Ertl in his... True Martian form, which is also a more recent invention. In his original origin story, he just looked like bald green Fred Mertz. With a giant head. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
So, fine, Martian Manhunter. We now go to Indochina, where we see a story of female revenge. Superman and Wonder Woman mm-hmm. have gone to Indochina to offer relief to the war-torn region. Mm-hmm. As we read in a newspaper story by Clark Kent, famed reporter for a large metropolitan newspaper, mm-hmm. um, Superman has come upon a village where all the men are lying dead on the ground, and he hears laughter right. coming from the village meeting place and goes inside where Wonder Woman is feasting and drinking with all the women of the village who are armed and happy. Mm. So uh, what had happened was uh, the women were being held as sex slaves in this village and Wonder Woman uh, had come by to retrieve a crashed American C-47, which was a covert operation. So Superman and Wonder Woman are working undercover for the Because there are not supposed to be Americans in this particular area. So in the guise of offering humanitarian relief, Mm -hmm. they're actually working for the government. So Wonder Woman comes upon this village of enslaved women and returns at night, Mm -hmm. disarms the men, frees Frees the the women, women. and just lets the women... uh, She places the weapons in the clearing. Right. And the women choose to kill all the men. Free access to the weapons. Yeah. And Superman, so then we get into this little moral uh-huh. struggle here. He says, these women did that, and you stood by and watched. Diana, how could you? Uh, these women have reclaimed their home and their dignity. I have chosen to train them to survive the coming wars. Surely you see the virtue in that. He says, you're supposed to set an example. And she, he says, you know, how could you allow cold-blooded murder and then celebrate? And she says, what? Hand them a smile and a box of flags. Their families, their mates, their children were murdered before their eyes. This is civil war. I've given them freedom and a chance for justice the American way. Burn. Right? Awesome little fight going on here between these two. Um, I mean, not little fight, just a fantastic little moral right. uh, back and forth. Um, Superman says he's going to have to report her. Um, Wonder Woman says, do what you need to do. There are no rules here, just suffering and madness. I want you to go back and tell your undersecretary that there's the door. I love when she says, he says, uh, what you've done is a strict violation of our protocol. She goes, of course, Cal. The rules are the rules. We can't get involved unless it's some dirty act of sabotage that our government sanctions. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, do you notice when she gets down off the table that she's taller than Superman? Yeah, is that is that unusual for this? It's uh, unusual, period, yeah, but yeah. It, it's a nice touch. Because yeah. she's drawn very muscularly. She is. But as, you know, the female ideal in the 1950s was a more buxom yeah. figured gal. I also noticed that his his shirt, uh-huh. how it fits into his, I don't know, briefs, belt. belt. Yeah, like you looks can like see. It's, looks like it's bloused or tucked or mm-hmm. something, you know? <laughs> I don't um, know. Anyway, she says, there's, this, there's the door space, man. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. Till later. Gotham City, 1955. Martian Manhunter has He's learning about him. our world. 
via television. That the panel of him, I guess, what is that? Groucho Marx, Groucho Marx, and then Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny, you see, he can shape change, as you know from the Martian Manhunters adventures. I love this. So he's just watching TV, learning about America. I love the prints on his apartment wall. Yes. Um, Miro, very Miro-like. Yes. He loves uh, Coca-Cola. I'm wondering if the cigar he's smoking is part of his body that he's shape-changed into a cigar (laughs) or just... No, I wasn't even actually thinking of that direction, but... Thanks for putting that in my head. I no, I didn't even think that because then I was like, "Well, I, well, okay." So I was thinking about fire, right? Yeah. He's uh, terribly averse to fire. Yeah. So uh, he decides to uh, become a police detective. Yeah. Named John Jones because his name on Mars was John Jones. Uh huh. <laughs> So it that checks out. Sure. Um, next page. Central City, 1956. Where are we? Uh, what story are we in? Well, we're speeding oh, ahead now. Yeah, so okay, we're, just going we ahead. we're the same. We're in the same with the same character. We're still with Martian Manhunter, right? Well, no, I turned a page. Central City, 1956. Okay, but so this is. Uh, so this detective is not John. No, it is. No. Who is the detective? Oh, this is Barry Allen. So Barry oh, Allen. So Barry okay. Allen was a police scientist. Okay, all right. His origin is that he was in his lab at police headquarters, and a bolt of lightning struck a shelf full of chemicals. Okay, dowsing him in chemicals, and that's how he became the Flash. Well, so that's something that you wouldn't necessarily. Get if you didn't have that origin story at the top of your. Okay. 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 All right. So this is Barry Allen. That's where we're going to Central City because we just have kind of like a film strip here on this page, right? So I knew that that this panel here, Central City, nineteen fifty six, the the lightning flash and the chemicals. I knew that was a flash, and then I thought we're going back to John Jones as a police detective here. I couldn't quite figure out what was oh, going on. Oh, we are. We are. This, oh. But this one page is like you have Central City 1956, which is the origin of the Flash. Russia 1957, which is the launching of Sputnik. Okay. Washington. Washington, where Eisenhower declares that Americans are going to beat Russia in space. And then, yes, we do go back to Gotham City, where John Jones. Sorry is, about the confusion. No, yeah. you're fine. Okay. All right. Where John Jones now is a an established detective in Gotham City. Yeah. So... Uh, because we're the the length of the stories varies from page to page, right? So I guess we're progressing forward. Yeah, in time we're not stepping back. No. Okay. Right. So uh, John and his partner have been called to a big cathedral downtown, where the son of a prominent financier had been kidnapped, with no note and no ransom demands, and. Uh, John Jones is yeah. positive that the child is being held inside this church. So he and his partner bust into the church and they find that not only is the child tied to an altar about to be sacrificed by a gang of robed hoodlums, yeah, but also Batman is there in the midst of them fighting and trying to rescue the and child. And you're going to tell me what this 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 group of people 
is I'm what not, they're trying to do. Because I don't know. Oh, you don't I know. I think they were just invented just for this story. Okay, so it's like a cult of some kind. Right. Okay. Um, now, as you recall, Batman did not succumb to being censured by the government, nor right. did he... Uh, nor was Superman able to get him to work for the government. He's having none of this shit. Right. So he's been... The implication is that he's been busy protecting Gotham City mm-hmm. in the nighttime mm-hmm. secretly. Uh, so Batman's fighting and fighting. John decides he's going to help uh, the Batman. Right. Uh, he gets close enough to rescue the child, but then uh candle knocks over and catches... Some grapes on fire, on fire right. and margin manhunter is deathly afraid of fire. Yeah, and so he becomes completely ineffective at doing anything whatsoever. Kind of like Captain Comet in our adventures. Right. In our RPG adventures. In our RPG, Captain Comet is a character and he's useless. Um, there was a reason for that. Though. John is immobilized. Luckily, Batman is able to single-handedly rescue the child from being stabbed and murdered. Yeah. This is all being narrated, by the way, by John's partner. Yeah. Who is, uh, what's his name? Yeah, I, I, uh, I have to go back. Go ahead. Go forward. I'll find his name. Slam. Slam Bradley. Oh, how'd you find that? Well, cause I just saw John call him Slam. Okay. Um, Slam Bradley was a comic character, in fact, appeared, I believe, in the very first issue of Detective Comics, which was the first, well, among the first comics that DC published. Um, so Detective Comics early on featured, of course, detective characters. Uh, Slam Bradley was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, who also created Superman. Okay. Um, so Detective Comics, Batman debuted in Detective Comics number 27. How do you know all these things? Just, you know, little bits of information I pick up from National Geographic. Um, <laughs> so uh, so the prior 26 issues of Detective Comics had did not have, well, it had one superhero, but mm-hmm. mostly detectives, like Slam Bradley. Mm-hmm. So where are you, Bob? Uh, I'm on the page where Batman now has rescued the child. Okay. And Slam Bradley is trying to take care of John. He said, Slam says, but this, this bad guy, he made my blood run cold. The yeah. look on his face, the sounds that came out of him, out of the creep underneath him. This bad guy, well, he scared the bejesus out of me. Well, you know that criminals are a cowardly lot. He Rob. terrifies them. Um. So Batman tries to rescue the child. The child's terrified of Batman. So Slam picks up the child and takes his partner, John, back to the car. Now, John Jones has found some kind of a book, a cult-like book, which he You don't know what this is? I don't. Okay. Uh, Oh, I bet this is going to come up in the next issue. Well, yeah. Okay, um, okay. uh, Yeah, 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 but I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. Um, One of the cult leaders, the one that Batman scared so bad. Knocked his teeth out. Is... Uh, babbling on about something called the center, spelled in the British manner. He's knocked five of his teeth out. Yeah. 
God, that's going to hurt. Batman Vanishes. Yep. Chapter 5. Fun City. Las Vegas. Yeah, so who is this guy? I, I recognized his name, the older guy, um, the champ. Ted Grant? Ted Grant. Uh, Ted Grant was a Golden Age hero named Wildcat. Wildcat. That's what I... That's what I well, did we read an issue of Wildcat? I can't... I, I, I wanna... He might have appeared... In the Spectre story that we read, but I don't oh, remember. Okay, Just, there was something about Wildcat that I thought, okay, I know that. Um, so yeah, he's a heavyweight fighter. He's a heavyweight fighter, was also a superhero. And of course, Cassius. What kind of a superhero? Like a fighting superhero? Yeah, yeah. No, no, like, no, no. Yeah. Just like punching. Yeah. Okay. And rode a motorcycle. Okay. Um, Cassius Clay, of course, you know, yes. Muhammad Ali. Yeah. So Cassius Clay and Ted. Grant are fighting in Las Vegas. Early Do you Las Vegas. Love this yes. shot. This is fantastic. What are you looking at? I was looking at the Las Vegas, but also the next page where he's getting punched out. Yeah. So Ted Grant is uh on the carpet, is that what they call it in boxing? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> he's knocked out. He's knocked out. Uh but he, they're doing the countdown and he uh, gets up at the last minute. Oh, I love that during the countdown, he's imagining himself uh, relaxing on yeah. a raft surrounded by bathing beauties. Uh, Grant gets up, takes some smelling salts. Uh, in the audience, we see... Dinah and Selena? Dinah mm-hmm. would be Dinah Drake, the Black Canary. Black Canary. Now, who's, she, who's the blonde guy she's sitting next to? Is that Wally? Ollie. Ollie. Is that Ollie. Green Arrow? Green Arrow. And then next to him, uh, who she's talking Selena. to, Bruce. Yes. Um, so, Selena is talking to Bruce. Um, no. No, that Lois no. is there. Lois Lane. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> okay. So, we have Lois Lane and Bruce. Uh-huh. Wayne is Batman. Dinah Drake, who is uh, Black Canary. Black Canary. Selena, Kyle, is Catwoman. She's the one with the Egyptian hairdo there. Yes. Ollie, Queen, is Green Arrow. Wow. Now, I can't tell you. Are all these people, like, retired superheroes? So. Or, or they like, they step because of the um, uh, American. The House on American. Yeah. Uh, on American activities. Right, right, right. Uh, Proclamation: are, are these all former superheroes who've gone, who's retired from so it? So Black Canary, yes, would be a, a retired. She was in the Justice Society. Okay. Um, Catwoman, of course, was a villain. Uh-huh. Um, now, on Earth 2, which is where the Justice Society originally lived, uh-huh. Batman and Catwoman married. I don't think that has happened in this reality. Okay. Uh, but I wouldn't swear to it. Uh, Green Arrow, I don't know his status because, as we mentioned, he was continually published along with Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Yeah, and did did he continue in the Justice Society? Like, was or was he uh, out? Of he the was Society? never in the Justice Society. Okay, all right. So he was an independent. I thought he was a like a, a if you will a ancillary kind of rogue hero. 
Well... I mean, you see him team up with... Oh, no, I can't pretend what I see on TV is actually historically right. no. accurate. Okay, forget about it. <laughs> so... Um, so they're at this fight and they're all talking. So we've got, so we've got like Catwoman, we've got Black Canary, we've got Green Arrow, we've got Batman. Yeah. Um, who else is in here? Hal Jordan and Ace Morgan. Oh, Hal Jordan and Ace Morgan. Uh, Ted. My man, Hal Jordan. Wildcat Grant. Mm-hmm. Uh, rallies at the last minute. Oh yeah, he's a mess. Poor guy. And just takes off at a full run towards Muhammad Ali. And out he goes. Out he goes with a punch. One last time, I'm the champion. Yeah. Meanwhile. He says, and tonight, for one last time, I'm the champion. Later at a local night spot. Do you love this? Yes. This is fantastic. go there immediately. Yeah. Uh, Hal and Ace are with a couple of dames uh, drinking. Sounds like a good idea. Why aren't we? Talking about being astronauts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Ollie and I guess oh. this is Lois. What? I'm at the top of this page. Oh, okay. Ollie. That's I Lois guess, and Bruce. Lois and Bruce. And Ollie. Ollie's talking about having spoken to Alan Scott, who was the original Green Lantern, wow. Golden Age Green Lantern. Uh, turns out the Justice Society was there at the fight, but they ducked out early, so yeah. they didn't have to uh, talk to anybody, I guess. Um, and then who's the girl with the little bobbed haircut? She's like, Bruce! Carol. Carol Ferris. Oh! Who's, you know her. Yes, she will be soon hooking up with, with Hal Jordan. Uh-huh. Uh, she walks in with Rick Flagg, who you recall is the leader of the Suicide Squad. Wow. Uh-huh. Good night. <laughs> a lot of history here. A lot of big characters. They have a little uh, discussion here about, you know, the champ was really something, wasn't he? In walks the champ with Selena Kyle. Yeah. Catwoman. Catwoman. So uh, has she hung up um, her her costume as, as a villain? I, I'm assuming so. Yeah. This is a six-issue series, so it's, right. you know. Um, and also, there seems to be no, like, we have no indication that Bruce Wayne knows who Selena Kyle is or was. Right. Which I think he did, actually, at this point in history, because she, like, lost her memory once and had to retire from me. I don't recall oh, that. Okay. Course That's of offense. Okay. Anyway, love the wall clock. By the love way, that clock. I have a clock just like that. It doesn't work. To, I just, I'll you. get it fixed. I'm busy. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, back to Central City. Mm-hmm. Johnny Thunder is on television. Johnny Thunder was an actual cowboy hero. And in the in his house, yeah, uh, is um, not Barry Allen. Yeah, yeah, Barry Allen. And the <laughs> the apartment is a mess. He answers the phone. And he says, I was just cleaning the kitchen and thinking about how much I miss you <laughs> to Iris. This is an absolute mess. Right. There are takeout food containers everywhere, clothing strung around, and he's watching Western on television. Also, this house is fabulous. I want every bit of furniture in this oh, room. Oh, hell yeah. Um, so Not Iris, crazy about that color green, though. Well, yeah. you have to take the good with the bad. Yeah. Iris 
as you know, it's Iris West, who was uh, a news hen for Picture News, news and Barry Allen's girlfriend. <laughs> She's book. calling from Vegas, um, where all of a sudden there's an explosion in the room where she's calling from. It's Captain Cold, the freeze villain. The freeze villain. Um, Look at his rings. Yeah, this is a version of Captain Cold we haven't seen before. Yeah, He's usually not this fancy. No. Um, Barry wants to know what's going on. Iris says, uh, Captain Cold's coming. Please don't shoot me. Ah, scream. So she's had her hand frozen, frozen in ice. In, in the, with, with the receiver. And he says, Iris. And he springs into action. Literally. Where's that ring? Boom. He is. He makes sure that he clears through Central City first before he hits his, goes beyond the sonic speed. Top speed. Yeah. Uh, Waits until he's clear of the city. Off he goes. Hits Vegas. Slows down before he hits Vegas so he doesn't... uh, Wipe it off the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hal and Ace are in the room where all this is happening. And Hal is not yet Green Lantern. Correct. Yes. So Ace wants to, you know, jump in and try to do something. Hal says, there's no need. Let's just wait and let the cops handle it. Mm-hmm. Uh, here comes Flash. He first unfalls Iris. He thaws. He does not unthaw. Well, agree to disagree. I hate um, that. My mother used to say, would you take out a steak to unthaw? I was like, <laughs> so you want me to take it out and put it back in and freeze it? I would never say that to her. But No, you'd yeah. be smacked. Uh, she smacked me a lot anyway. I love that he says, um, uh, so he's, where is he? He's uh, freeing her hand. He says, oh, uh-huh. she's okay, just unconscious. I'll give her hand a quick thaw. And grab a little sugar. Okay, well, that's he not must have burned, nice. No, no, he must have burned a lot of calories going across, right? No, grab oh, a little sugar. Oh, he's giving he's her going kiss. to sexually assault her without her consent. Oh, no, he's not going to do that. Well, that's what it is. <laughs> In hindsight. Okay. Uh, off he runs towards Captain... Don't they live together? In the 50s? Are you kidding me? Aren't they married? Not yet. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> I really like these three panels where Flash is running towards Captain Cold. Oh, yes. Captain Cold is saying stop in slow motion. It takes him three panels to say say stop as the punch goes right to his face. Turns out uh, Captain Cold has planted several bombs. Six six cyrogenic bombs. Cyrogenic? That's a misprint. Where's that? Middle panel. It's cryogenic, right? It's a misprint. Oh yeah, it is. It should be cryo. That it's, yeah. it's yeah. Those two. Oh, isn't that? Well, forget it. I'm not finishing this series. Okay, with the mistakes. Well, like folks, that. it's been great. Thank you so um, much. So, uh, Captain Cold shows Flash what the bombs look like. Flash yeah. takes off around the city. And within s- Meanwhile, a helicopter lands in the middle of the hotel to pick up Captain. Pick, no, up, pick Captain up Cold. Captain Cold. Not Captain Cold. Doctor Cold. What the hell's his name? Captain Cold. Oh, Captain Cold. Uh, meanwhile, all the people who are up in the skybox, Bruce Wayne and Lois Lane and Rick Flagg and Catwoman and all them, are just uh, talking about how horrible it is that these masked vigilantes are on the loose. Yeah, what's up with that? Because, you know, Bruce doesn't believe that. Right. Uh, Lois, I guess she's been listening too much to Superman. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ted says Flash reminds him of his buddy Jay. Of course, that's Jay Garrick, the 1940s Flash. 
Okay. Uh, Flash races around the city, finds five bombs, can't find the sixth. And he realizes, of course, there's no sixth bomb. Right. That's, I've found the five, and that's exactly what Captain Cold would have wanted me to do, is to look for that sixth, thus buying him some time. Right. Uh, he ties the five bombs to a prop balloon. From Sonny's Cadillac. Cadillac. <laughs> I love that. So it flies up into the air. <laughs> he races to the roof of the hotel. Mm-hmm. Punches through a window. Zooms out the window through the helicopter, grabbing Captain Cold and plunging down into a fountain below. Yeah. Using algebra, physics, geometry, and trigonometry. As he says, they land. He takes in the, out. I mean, he also takes out the helicopter as he's grabbing. Right. Um, uh, he and Captain Cold land in the fountain. Captain Cold is trying to. Uh, I love what Captain Cold says first. What? Why? Why? God help me! Why? I came to this desert to get away from you. No more Central City for Captain Cold. But that's not enough. <laughs> and then why, his why? ice gun starts to overload. Right. And the fountain turns to ice, trapping Captain Cold inside. Good. The uh, ice bombs that were tied to the balloon of Sonny's Cadillac explode in the air, causing a snowstorm above Las Vegas. And it's something to see. Something to behold. Uh... Meanwhile, Hal Jordan and Ace Morgan mm-hmm. are hot rotting through the desert. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come to Nellis Air Force Base, where I'm not sure exactly what they're doing there in the middle of the night. Well, Ace is about to take that plane oh, right, right, to right, right, New right. York. Ace is going to be on a television show, so he is joining a gang of other people who are going to be on this television show. The television show is about daredevils or something. Do we see the name of the show anywhere? No, he just says that this is a a B-77 prototype uh, customized deceit for the TV show wants me to fly across country and pick up the other three guests right? as part of the publicity. Anyway, this is uh, the origin of the Challengers of the Unknown. Is it really? Yes. So Ace Morgan was a pilot. Red Ryan was an acrobat or a motorcycle daredevil or something. Professor Haley was the scuba diver. And Rocky Davis was uh, the fighter or athlete of some kind. Hey, get away from the cord. Sorry, dog's chewing on a cord. Nothing could go wrong with that. Uh, anyway, yes, they crash land. I don't know if we see it in this issue. They crash land, and their watches all stop, and they decide... No, we won't see it. Oh, you don't know if we'll see it later on in this series. Well, I know we will see it later on in the series. I couldn't remember if it's in this issue or not. No. Uh, so... No, they just see... They're about to take off, and we're done. Well, then I won't tell you what happens. I know that what happens. I mean, that's the... It's called, is it not the Suicide Squad? It's the... Challenges of the unknown. Challenges of the unknown. Yeah, when they when they crash land in the plane, all their clock, their watches stop. Yeah, but uh, then they all survive. They all survive, but they decide they're living on borrowed time, so they become adventurers. Uh, and don't they also have? They live in an, in a secret location in <laughs> Challengers Mountain. Yeah. Um, oh my God! What Captain Butler? 
Did well, he one fart? of those dogs just farted and it's horrible. Maybe it's your upper lip. <laughs> Maybe it's your upper lip. Oh wow, that is bad. I'm I'm bad. It, it's Ooh. it's so bad it actually has a temperature to it's it. It's gonna strip the paint off the walls. <laughs> Uh, so this is where we learn that Hal Jordan is haunted by that soldier he killed. Yes. Super haunted. Like Hard. he can barely function. And I think that was from the previous, uh, issue. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Ace takes off, uh, something, Ace says something about Hal has a job interview that Ace set up for him with Carol Ferris. Which how is so excited about because he says I have really uh, he's been doing all this all this risky work uh-huh. and he really wants to fly again and he just doesn't know what he's going to do and so Ace has set up this interview for Hal with Carol Ferris which is amazing which, it's because a Ferris aircraft right his Hal's father flew for old man Ferris yeah so everything's come full circle okay dogs hey hey and that's the end of the issue yeah. Luckily, because the dogs are going to start causing ruckus. Well, they're really hungry. Well, what do you think of this occasional change in format? I loved this. Okay. Loved it. Well, you may read one more issue, and that's it. That's it? No, I'm kidding. Okay. We'll finish this up by and by. Okay. I mean, I will We'll let... come back to it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I will let you read new things once in a while. Thank you. I would like to um, very much like to continue this on my own. However... Next yes. week is our 75th episode. Is it really? I think it's about time we did an 80-page giant. <laughs> Do we have a guest coming at all? Uh, I don't know. I'll see. I'll work on that. Uh, but uh, tune we, in next week for well, 80-page we, giant featuring Superboy. We have a little bit of traveling to do next week. Don't well, we? sure, but I don't want to blow that surprise off to talk about it after the fact when we, and we will. actually find out what happens. Okay. All right. That's all for this time. Bye. Bye. These dark and angry times when other loves fall